Hello and welcome to a very special festive bonus edition of the We Are Rail Fans podcast, the series for rail fans by rail fans exploring all areas of the rail hobby from around the globe. I'm Sam and thanks for sticking with us in 2021. When we started this podcast, we didn't know how well it would be received. But thanks so much for listening and for all your positive comments over the past few months. Just like this one from Brendan Horton who writes, Hey guys, just wanted to say you do a great podcast. My mate and I have listened to each episode while we're at work. We're both Coltrane drivers out of Newcastle in Australia. So greetings from the cab of Horizon Loco 6029. Brendan, thanks for getting in touch with us and fantastic to hear how far our podcast is reaching. If you'd like to send us a message, then visit us at the We Are Rail Fans website or Facebook page. There you'll find all the latest news, views and interviews from the train world. And if you've missed any of our previous episodes, they're all available for free wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a veritable Santa Claus. On this show, we like to explore all areas of the rail community. And I know my guest today will be known to many of you already from his transport-based YouTube channel and website, with each of his videos amassing a couple of hundred thousand views. I'm talking about the majestic Mr. Jeff Marshall, Jeff Tech on social media, and he joins me now. Welcome to the We Are Rail Fans podcast, Jeff. Hey, Sam. Did you just call me majestic? <laughs> I did call you majestic. I don't think anyone's ever used that adjective before on me. That's, that's wonderful. I like that. <laughs> Well, we do like to uh, to throw a first in once in a while. So for anybody who hasn't come across you before, yeah. what, uh, what are you known for? Why, why are we talking to you? Um, I have a popular YouTube channel uh, where I predominantly cover travel, transport, and trains, stations, railways, and stuff. Also, four years ago in 2017, I uh, travelled around all 2,500 railway stations in Great Britain in a project known as All the Stations. Before that, I worked for the Londonist website, which is where my sort of YouTube career, he says, doing air quotes, always feel a bit uncomfortable with that, started. Before that, I'm known for being Mr. London Underground, and I've held the world record for travelling to all tube stations in the fastest time possible, twice. That was many years ago, and that was when I was a, a young lad, and I'm now a middle-aged man. So, yeah, yeah, trains. But why, though? Why, why would you take on a task like visiting every state? I mean, okay, the London <laughs> Underground... Visiting every station is relatively achievable, yeah. but why? Why take these on in the first place? Yeah, just because you know I'm a real advocate of that. There's a, you know the, the really cheesy line about life being short. There's there's a other I'm full of cheesy lines. There's a other what's that cheesy quote you know about um uh, about, uh you know travel broadens the mind. The other one is that I say experiences um, broadens your soul. And so if you get out on a train and you go somewhere new and meet meet new people or, or see something interesting, that that does add add depth to your character and that's the great thing sincerely about rail transport and travel is that you know it's um for many people it's just something they do to get to work from a to b i literally saw someone on twitter that the other day sort of in disbelief going why would anybody travel on a train for pleasure and i was right. i was like so close to replying well, i exclusively travel on trains for pleasure <laughs> and there were hundreds of others that i know that would also concur with me so yeah so having having taken on every station in the uk hmm. uh did that scratch the itch or have you got aspirations for more are you are you thinking about going further afield after we did all the stations britain we followed it up with all the stations ireland that was the next sort of logical conclusion and then we ticked off all the stations Isle of Man. I've since been to Alderney in the Channel Islands and ticked off there's a little railway there with an old uh, 1959 tube train. 
like we discussed like all the stations USA or Australia you know all the stations down under but it, they're kind of gigantic mammoth tasks at the moment I'm just uh, and and then you know covid came along obviously and just changed the world so yeah, we're all in the period of adapting to whatever the new normal is so at the moment I'm just focusing on doing my own stuff um there's like so much new exciting stuff coming up Crossrail, Elizabeth Line will obviously open uh, next year, uh, which is just hugely exciting. So at the moment, just kind of focusing on doing my own stuff and not looking to tick off any any other networks at at the moment. But we'll see. Never say never. <laughs> so for someone who's who wants to embark on a project like that, yeah, how do you get started? Is it just you know wake up in the morning, jump on the train, see where it takes you, or is there a massive amount of strategizing involved? Oh yeah, huge. I mean, we had we had all the, had all the knowledge already. And then obviously all my friends are, uh, see, see, I want to say like nerds or geeks, but that sounds a bit demeaning and it's not demeaning because there's nothing. Geeks are perfect. Uh, the, exactly. the geek has risen. We're, know, we're geek, all accepted now. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being a transport nerd. I'm a fully paid up, you know, member of the transport nerd club. But you know, a lot of my friends are also in that club also. So we obviously all chat to each other and we share knowledge and information. And so I just, um, what I did, you know, we I enlisted the help of several friends of mine without which it wouldn't have been possible. So it does help to have, yeah, you know, friends as backup and support and you run ideas past them and they go, yeah, that's good. But then how about this? Or, Hey, you've forgotten about that. Or did you realize this? And then you all sort of get there to, to, to get, but like any good project, you know, it just involves a group of people. So it's helpful if mm. you have, if you're not just doing it by yourself, but you can still have a little adventure on a train by yourself. Every every train journey is an adventure it as is. far as I'm concerned. It is. Even just um, like going a couple of stops on your local service is still a fun yeah. thing to do every time. <laughs> so are you a lifelong rail enthusiast then? I mean, or, or does that extend to, to all kinds of transports? When did you first get tickled by the uh, the appeal of the train? Yeah, yeah. My mum's dad, so my granddad on my mum's side, had geographers A to Z uh, London atlases on his bookshelf which was like a street map of London. And he had the whole like series, like he had about 30 years worth from the 1950s through to the 1980s. And I remember as a young boy sort of looking over these maps, but in particular, what I remember is on the back of the hardcover edition, there was a London tube map and it was fascinating to see that sort of change and evolve over time. And I can remember very young sort of thinking, what's at the extremities? What is it, you know, uh, Amersham and Chesham? What is it? Epping, what is it, Upminster? I've never been there. Right. And, and then actually my cousins, who were about five or six years older than me, used to then, they were like bus enthusiasts, and they used to take me, this 10-year-old out, when they were 15 and 16, out on the bus network for the day. And they wanted to go and ride this really rare bus, the 247B, which only ran on market Saturdays from like Onga to somewhere. And we got the central line all the way out up to Epping, changed, went to Onga. I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to a tube line extremity, you know, all the way to, to the end. And it was, right. and we got, and we got there. And like, amusingly, we like missed the bus. That was, the, that was the hilarious thing. <laughs> we didn't make the bus. Beautiful. So, so we had to go and get the train back. And I remember I, as a 10 year old boy, I was like crossing my leg because I was desperate to go to the toilet. <laughs> we had to like stop <laughs> like Leightonstone or somewhere and like find the loo. But that made me then want to go to more 
extremities. So when I was then in my teenage years, I started traveling more. I remember going to Chesham one day just with my friend Simon. I was like, right, we're going to Chesham. He's like, why? I was like, because we can. <laughs> just because it's it's just there at the end of the tube line. And so we did. So you've got a I mean you've got a deep, long lasting love for the for the London Underground. Yeah. And yeah. if I were to twist your arm quite vigorously, mm-hmm. uh do you have a preference for underground trains versus their overground brethren? Not really. See, weirdly, I'm not about like I, I understand and I appreciate rolling stock, but I wouldn't say, you know, I'm a rolling stock uh, enthusiast. I'm definitely more about the permanent way and the rails and the infrastructure and the design and the, and the mapping and the scheduling, you know, and how, how it all connects and works and how the staff come together and like star frosters you know so actual rolling stock itself is actually quite low down my list of you know, things i like like and and to this day i can't remember the difference between a class 350 and a class 360 i'll get it wrong but i know the difference between a 150 and a 156 i i know some of the numbers but not all of the numbers that, that, no no it's quite all right i mean the, the one thing in doing this podcast i've kind of i've, I've learned about uh, rail fandom is there's no such thing as a typical rail fan right everyone has their own particular yeah. quirks and, and and interests yeah. like some, some people are really into like signaling you know you know or some right. people are really, are really into the engineering side you know some people like their freight trains more than they like you know, their passenger trains. Who's that adorable person on Instagram right now? Is it Francis? And he's he's making a career out mm. of being like a freight train spotter. It's brilliant, you know? It's like, so freight's become his thing, you know? So, you know, yeah, some people like spotting engineering locomotives overnight and stuff. Whereas, yeah, I, I like maps and networks and infrastructure. So does, does that mean that you're almost uh, rail era agnostic or, or is there kind of an era of, uh, of the rail network, rail transport that that you have a, a passion for. Rail era agnostic. What? That's, <laughs> we've gone from majestic to rail era agnostic. Uh, look, I've got a thesaurus and I know how to use yeah, it. I can see it on the bookshelf behind you. Yeah, that's what you say. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm not old enough. I'm quite old, but I'm not old enough to be nostalgic about steam. That's for sure. So the whole, the whole steam thing passed me by. What I do get slightly nostalgic about is um, I grew up in South Suburban London where all you got were four car slammed or electric multiple units right which is you know and when you've seen those every day day in day out it, it yeah okay or you know it's cool to go on, on a train ride but suddenly i remember the first time i went on a long distance intercity train i was like what's this it's like a locomotive pulling carriages and that was terribly exciting right and then you realize that around the rest of the country they didn't have slammed or four car mm. electric units they had all they had was locomotives and carriages and that was really exciting so and then yeah you got an appreciation for the fact that different areas had different types of, of trains and that was always fantastic to see. it was great seeing you know that other places had different things to what you were used to and what you were used to is was completely alien to someone else and what was alien to you was completely familiar to, to somebody else so that was that was the great thing discovering that there was more to what you knew out there so i don't get nostalgic about steam i get slightly nostalgic about slam door stock <laughs> So I mean, you've you've had rail passion, rail network passion. Let's say I, I use network just as a, a a brief encapsulation of of the the hobby as you love it, um, and now it's become your job. Right. How how did that come about? How was this the plan, or or is it fortune? See, I feel I feel I'll tell you the story. I feel slightly well. I feel fortunate, and then it feels I feel slightly bad because there are some people that set out you know, to make doing 
YouTube their job and their career. And I sort of fell into it by accident, <laughs> you know, which is, which seems terrible because I didn't even try to get any YouTube subscribers. And one day somebody went, you do realize you've got like 3000 YouTube subscribers, don't you? And I was like, really? I was like, have I? I haven't, I haven't really looked. I haven't paid attention. I, I didn't really, I just randomly uploaded some stuff to YouTube because it was a place to put stuff. Yeah. And then it turned out that that became a little bit popular. And then when I realized, I was like, oh, maybe I should do that some more. But I wasn't in a position. Like I'd made some videos. Like we, we'd, we recorded some stuff when we were running around the tube, doing the tube challenge. So I had these videos. And I just edited together a few videos for fun. And then a couple of my friends went, well, this is quite good. You sh- you've clearly got a knack for doing this. You should do some more, you know. And it was a case of... You, you do something by accident and it's quite good. What happened if you actually tried, you know, and actually put effort into it, then it would presumably be even better. I went, at the time, I went to, I remember thinking, I sort of did my planning on it and I went, well, I can't make any money out of just having 3,000 subscribers. You need to have more than that on YouTube. So I went to the Londonist website, Londonist.com, which just started out as a as a blog and it turned into like a news website. And I realised that they didn't have any sort of video content. They had a YouTube channel, but they just had a couple of, sort of random clips without any sort yeah. of or planning. And I literally went to them and I went, I went, can I make, can I, can I make some videos? And they were like, no, go away. <laughs> and I went back to them a few months later. I went, no, go on. I went, I went, I bet I could make you like a series about the London underground. It'd be really popular. And they went, no, stop, stop bugging us. And I went, <laughs> I went, I'm going to do it anyway. So I made them this video. I went, look, I've done it for free. I went, you don't have to pay me. And they sort of went, all right, then we'll publish it and see if it's popular. See if it gets a bite. And then in the first week, they were like, whoa, 50,000 views. They're like, all right, do that again. <laughs> and I made them another one for free. And then they were like, the third one, they were like, okay, if this one gets so many views, maybe, maybe we'll pay you some money. And then it started from there. And then it just kind of, it just, it all went from there. And I just carried on making them videos. And in the meantime, I was sort of making my own videos. And then eventually I was sort of grew to the point where I was able just to sort of to do my own thing. I could wax lyrical about this all day, Sam. I won't, but I'll just say one more thing. I'll say one more thing, which is I often say is that I think a lot of people just think that YouTube is uh, like an easy ride, you know, and if you do it, you, then A, you're automatically rich and B, it's, 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 it's a walk in the park. It's not. It's a job like any other job, right? And it's, I'm going to, you might have to beat me. It's bloody hard work, right? <laughs> right? And some days I'm exhausted, and you have to come up with ideas and be self-motivating and you have to have skill and talent to know what you're doing and do it well. And people try for years, you know, to make videos and put them online and stuff and don't get any success. And even then, I've been doing it for ages. and I would classify myself as like a medium-sized YouTuber, not small, but certainly not big because I know people that are on millions and they've worked even harder and longer than, than what I have. So it's like any other job. You, st- you still have to put in the effort. It's not an easy ride. Um, but yes, I acknowledge that it's great because it's something that I enjoy doing. And if you can do the thing that you like doing as a job, then obviously that's a brilliant thing. I mean, obviously you got uh, the first kind of flash of uh, of attention being paid to you with your underground series you were doing for The mm. Londonist. Was all the stations transformational mm. in terms of accelerating the uh, the speed of your of your youtube career uh yes because i think what it did is that it brought us to the attention of a lot of the train operating companies because suddenly they were like what's this with that they're riding on our trains they haven't asked permission what they're doing are they are they bad mouthing us oh they're doing something fun oh they're kind of, they're kind of like and it was kind of fun to like see the reaction and then like if one train operating company was like yeah 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 they saw it as a good pr exercise because we weren't going around 
bad mouthing. You know, we were trying to be as positive right. as we possibly could. But that's always been my mantra. I'm not here to like stick the knife in. I'm here to go. Trains are brilliant. Railways are brilliant. We should have more railways. We should get out. We should, you know, and, and yeah. And I think once people saw that I, we were putting out a positive message, because a lot of people just want to like be a bit negative and cause a bit of controversy. I'm not here to do that. You know, there's enough, there's enough cynicism in the world. You don't need me adding to it. So um, yeah, and that then meant that then train companies were like, oh, do you want to come and? Uh, do you want to come and see this thing we're doing, or do you want to come and promote this thing? And it's like, and they, were, right. and they were like, okay, we'll 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 get in touch. <laughs> and so that was nice. That was nice. So I mean, during during that journey or that series of journeys, I mean, was there a point where you found yourself at the end of the line somewhere late in the evening, just going, "Where am I? Why why am I here? Why am I doing this?" Oh, wow, it's a great question. I remember being around. When I watch, I've watched my videos back sometimes. When I watched the video with the day that they were in Bradford, okay, I, I remember watching it back later, thinking I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't remember doing any of this. It was such a blur by then. I had a day where I was obviously on autopilot, and I was just kind of going through the the motions. And there was another day, we're over in Lancashire, and I, I think it was at Carnforth. And we, it was, it was like six, it was like our sixth day in a row. And normally I'd try and do three or four days of travel and then stop for a day's rest. But it was our sixth day. And I was just exhausted. I remember just finishing. I just remember being on the platform at Lancaster Station and just being like, oh, I've got to get on another bloody train. <laughs> and just, and I just sort of like collapsed on the platform. Like, can I just, I just want to sit on the couch and watch TV and just curl up. And I was just, I was just mentally and physically drained at that point. And I think the next day, we were in the Lake District and we sort of took a day off and like rested. So yeah, I yeah, that sometimes I was like, why am I why am I in Lancaster? What am I doing here? And Lancaster's lovely, by the way. I should put it. It's a great it's no, 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 Lancaster's beautiful. I, yeah. But I suppose it's 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 rather like any kind of marathon task that you're setting for yourself is is that you are going to hit the wall at some point and just kind of go, I'm not uh, sure I can carry on with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. There's a definite when we started, it was always a bit raw and exciting. About two thirds in is when we thought we're hitting our zenith, hitting our peak. We had the occasional, as I say, sort of the day we was on autopilot, and then towards the end, it was sort of was like, okay, the end's almost in sight, almost there, almost there, almost there, sort of kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, 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 I remember all of it apart from that day in Bradford. <laughs> it's an obvious question, and I have to ask it: Uh-oh. Was there a favourite journey of the uh, of the thousands? that you made yeah so um well we, we always talk about like all of cornwall and devon all of wales and all of scotland so the heart of wales line uh, that's just fun if you want to spend a day on a nice summer's day go to wales and take take the train up the heart of wales line get out and have an explore also settle and carlisle line is just like phenomenal ribblehead viaduct appleby go all through there just you could spend a weekend just doing all that. And then mainly just almost anywhere in Scotland, really. <laughs> just, just, just take the West Highland line, go up to, through Carrara, our favourite, go up to Malig and Oban and just spend any time up on the West Highland line. I noticed last week, we're recording this in December mm. 2021, the, the office in Radarod Stats came out last week and Beesdale, it was one of the six stations to get zero passengers last year. And Beesdale is the only request stop on that line that I've not actually got out at and sort of made a fuss out, out of. And if it wasn't for the storms and terrible weather that we're having in Britain this week, there was a part of me that was just like, I'll just, I'll just a couple of Glasgow, stay the night, and then just go and tick off Beesdale because <laughs> it's just beautiful up there. So and you're right by yeah. the lock, you know. Even in December, even in winter, it would just be 
stunning. It'd be dark early at three o'clock, but it would also it would be stunning. So yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah. Sorry, the short the short one word answer to that question is yes, Scotland. Okay, no, no, that's fine. Um, now, obviously, uh, the, the the rail network is is forever evolving. It's forever growing, and uh, uh, new stations have appeared since uh, since you completed mm. in inverted commas your uh, your quest. Where and, mm. and when are you planning to, to visit the the new stuff that's emerged in 2021? I know, I know. Well, it was going to be in 2020 and then COVID came along, lockdown. I don't know. So um, it's weird you ask this now because I was just chatting to Greater Anglia yesterday. There's a brand new station in Cambridgeshire opening up, Soham, which is on you know, on the line near Ely, is going to be Britain's right. next new station, I believe. What's the date? I think it's opening this Sunday on December the 12th. Listeners, we're recording this on Tuesday, December the seventh. So I don't know when they edit it, but that's when we that's when we tape good work, this. Good work. And by tape, yeah, this I is, mean this is our festive special. So, <laughs> so it'll be you'll be in the past. Okay, right. But we're in we're in the future. People I'm, will get I'm it. I'm revealing just, all the secrets, Sam. Sorry. No, no, it's nice. No, it's, it's all it's all good. No. <laughs> so that'll be the seventh new station to open since I did all two five six three, uh, and then I'll probably start making my way around. Some of the others, Worcestershire Partway, Rob Royston, Warrington West, uh, Kintour, Horden, and Bow Street, New Aberystwyth. Yeah, at some point, I reckon. Yeah, but let's, let's get twenty twenty two in, in, you know, in, and maybe for the weather to warm up in March, April, and then then it'll be time to head head out to some far fun places. So I'm going to take you away briefly oh, right. uh, from from Great Britain, and uh, um, we'll talk about your experience in uh, in the USA because you've you've travelled quite extensively over there as well. Yeah, not so much by train, but I, I was fortunate enough. I spent three years of my life in the early 2000s living uh, in in America, and then when I came to leave back in 2009, I, I did I, I took a classic road trip. I decided that I'd drive around every single state in America, uh, just, you know, because. <laughs> so um, it's it's always weird now when I meet an American and, I, and, they, and they go, oh, where are you from? And they go, blah, blah, and they, and they go, and I go, yeah, I've been there. And they're like, really? I was like, but they're like, but no one's been to like Wisconsin. I'm like, well, I have. <laughs> so, so, and then you find out that you've been to more places than they have. But rather amusingly, I've, I visited towns and places in America that shared the names of places on the London Underground map. For example, the, you think of White City on the Central Line in West London. Yeah. There's, there's a tiny town called White City in Kansas, right? And there's a town called Epping in Maine, you know? And there's there's all these places. There's a place called Arsenal in Utah, you know? It's like it's fantastic. But I drove. I should point out, I drove to all these places. But quite a lot of the time when I went there, they'd end up having... Uh, a railroad. And one of my favourite experiences of my entire life, and that's quite a sweeping statement, I should say, is I went to, I went to, a, 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 I typed it in on Google Maps, I went to visit Holborn in Nevada. Holborn, obviously a busy Zone 1 tube station in central London. Of course. Holborn, Nevada is in the middle of the desert, <laughs> down a dusty road, where you don't see anybody for seven miles. And you think, crikey, I hope I don't run out of petrol, or, you know, have we got water so that we don't die of thirst? And um, when you get to Holborn, it's it's a railway junction and siding where a freight train will pull in. Uh, and this is brilliant about railways. Uh, they they have passing loops uh, for their freight trains. Basically, if there's like a stone, I can't remember which is heavier. Your listeners will know. If there's a stone and aggregates train in America, it's either slower or faster than the one that's carrying steel. So basically, like, you know, one freight train is able to go faster than the other, depending on its load. And so as the fast one catches up the slow one, the slow one pulls into the passing loop. And the faster, and by faster, I mean 
it's going at 30 miles an hour as opposed to uh, Yeah, by, by about five miles per hour. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just so that they don't, like, doesn't get stuck behind. It allows the slightly faster but still slower freight train to, like, go through. And we were parked up there, and this train pulled in, and the driver got out. And he was like, he's like, what on earth are you doing here in the middle of the desert? We are like, just came to visit this tiny nothing place called Holborn. He was like, yeah. And his name was Rick, and like once a month, he came through. He'd been on the railroad for 20 years, and once a month, he drove this freight train from like Chicago down to Texas or something, and he pulled into this little siding and let the stone aggregates train overtake him. It was amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. So, I mean, did you get the opportunity to do any rail travel while you were there? A little bit. I've only ever done. Uh, I'd like to go back and do some more. I've, yeah, yeah. I've only ever. Um, uh, I can't even remember. They, they have Amtrak have named services. So I've done the the one that runs up the East Coast a few times. It goes from Florida right. all the way up the East Coast. You know, through Washington up to up to New York. I think it's called the Silver Meteor or something. Oh, if I get that wrong, I'll be in trouble. Uh, but it's an overnight train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still on my sort of list of you know things to do. Is go back to the USA and and travel some more Amtrak because it's just it's just fun and amazing. But but I'm conscious over there. You know, it's always fun where you know here we talk about um, stations that only get like four trains a day, right? And in America, they have stations that get like you know what one train a month or something. <laughs> it's really yeah. fast. <laughs> so we've had lots of people on this podcast talk to us uh, about how they've been swept up in the romance of the Great American Railroad. Are you the same? I mean, what is there to be to be fascinated about? I th- just just the distance and like the s- scale. You have to remember that Great Britain will sort of fit into the size of Texas, you know, and Texas is just one state out, out of 50, you know. So it's fascinating. Yeah, if you want to get a train in America, you have to turn up on the right day. It's like, yeah, this train only runs on Mondays and Thursdays, you know, because it takes right. it takes three days to get across the country, you know, including several overnight stops. And th- think of the scheduling behind that. You know, that's like eight driver changes and, and, and stuff and probably refueling along the way, you know, refueling the diesel and overnight and just all the catering on board. That's a magnificent, you know, um, feat of, of planning and scheduling so yeah and then the fact that you sort of end up getting the train through the desert and then through the rocky mountains and then past a lake you know you can just sort of spend like an hour just like going through like you know like the rockies or something it just seems to take forever because it's so huge america's just so huge like britain's tiny in comparison to america it's not until you go out and explore that that you realize the vast scale of that of that country yeah so it's great so if you get the opportunity to take one route uh in the u.s where where are you going to i'll let you have three i'll let you have three well no i've you sat on my computer i feel like i need to get up a, a map of the amtrak's system but off from memory you already know the answer it's foremost I, in your head right now i it's do well, the, straight in there and you're trying to be diplomatic okay no i know it. i know it. okay well, so picture america and sort of go top middle bottom so i'd like to take one across there's a train that sort of goes across the top through wyoming and montana sort of near as close to canada as you, as you can get and then sort of do one in the middle that goes through like kansas and the desert and then do one along the bottom that goes along you know sort of southern texas and, and through new mexico so you get to experience all sort of climates and, and seasonal changes of america and maybe do it at different times of year as well what if you got like a train through montana in like january and there was like a deep snow drift or something and that would be just like and you got to see like mountains covered in snow providing you didn't get s- stuck in a snow drift of course you know and then do and then do like texas in august when it's 110 degrees fahrenheit <laughs> and you're on a sweaty train <laughs> Okay, look, I'm I'm not going to criticise your life choices there, Jeff, but, uh, but I, it, I'll leave I'll leave that one to you. It, it would be a heck of an experience, you know. That's that's the whole point. You go no, and no, experience, right. go and experience that, and just just see how amazing it is. 
Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch mm. direction rapidly. Gosh, what have you got in your big book of schemes oh. uh, for, uh, for for 2022? Oh. You can't stay caged up forever. What what have you got coming up? Oh crikey! Uh, oh man, what a question! I know. Wow. wow. Good questions are what we're about here. I will. Thank you. Oh, yeah, it's good. I will visit all, probably next year, I will visit all new, 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 new stations that I have actually yet to get out at and not just stop at or pass through. Interestingly, I just uh, released a video this week, week of recording. I was in Paris a couple of weeks ago with my friend Tim there, and we did like a, uh, we did a couple of videos. We did an abandoned railway, and we did a feature on Paris Metro, Metro's least used metro station and just this morning i've been reading the comments and everyone's going come and do least used you know barcelona subway come and do least used new york subway so there's a clear thing there to go you know traveling to other international metro systems and 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 feature their stuff there but until um international travel is completely kind of uh hassle-free uh that might not happen but there's there's always stuff happening on the railways in britain there's always there's always there's always enough going on. There's always new stuff. Like little, like, oh, just see, like, this is random, but did you read there's going to be one train in the evening about nine o'clock that comes out of Euston and when it gets to Watford, it's going to go up the Park Street, Bow Street branch, which normally just used to get the class 319 shuttling back and forth. And they've now put the newer type of trains on there. And there's going to be one train in the evening that just due to a, a stock scheduling movement, they're going to run a direct train up that branch from Euston for the first time in like years. So there's always things like that that pop up as like unusual anomalies. It's like, hey, here's the... You make If you make a video called the one train a day that runs from Euston to so-and-so, mm. people just instantly click it, don't they? Because that's, that's like a fun thing. That's what I love. I love all the anomalies... And the strange quirks, you know, and the one a days and, and, and the specials. And peop, people always love that. And there's, yeah, I've got a long list. I'm not telling you my list. <laughs> you, you'll have, no, no, you'll no, have to subscribe to my well channel, right. Sam. And, and keep, oh, good plug. Well done. Excellent work. <laughs> have I mentioned my channel? <laughs> Once or twice. <laughs> Jeff, this feels like one of the conversations that we could just have ad infinitum, doesn't it? I know. Oh, or Sam, or, or, or I want to ask you some questions. No, well, <laughs> Your, I'll come on your, your podcast and we'll... What's, what's your favourite train, sir? What's, what's my favourite train? What's your favourite station? What's your earliest railway memory, sir? Come on. I, I, look, no, 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 no. You're, we're sat in the wrong chairs for that to happen. I look, know. here's the quick fire round and you've preempted some of my questions, which is oh going to make God. me feel go, like... Go, go, go. I was go, just go. about to say it was a delight talking to you, but you're putting me on the spot now and that's making things awkward. Right. Quick fire round. Here we go. Go on, go on Ready. Favourite train? Oh, blind. Yeah. What? Oh, uh... Not so keen on the away game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, a class 37 locomotive pulling, pulling, you know, some classic Mark II garages. There we go. Okay, that makes our second quickfire question dead easy, which okay. is uh, steam, diesel, or modern trains. Oh, uh, diesel. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, oh, the, 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 the reverberation of a diesel engine, you know, as it pulls out and accelerates. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay, is there one train you wish you'd seen in person? Wow. Um, Let's go. I remember there's a there's a classic locomotive. I wonder what happened to it. Class uh, For someone that just said I don't write down numbers, I'm aware that there was a Class 89 locomotive. There's only one of them. So it was 89001, I think it was a test prototype train. And I saw it like based in Wood Green yard once but i never saw it in action or got or got to ride on it so if, if this is the point where everyone's going to wikipedia and looking up class 89 go and do that it's a great it's a great train there we go that one 
<laughs> do you know? Do, 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 Sam, do you know? Do, do, I, no, I don't. Hold on. Look, wait. I'll go to Wikipedia and look it up. Let's all Wikipedia together. We're doing it now. Eighty-nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I've done. I get it. Yeah. I, I no, believe there's only ever one of them. I'm, I'm sure people will correct me if I'm wrong. I wonder where it is. There, I absolutely know that your listeners will be able to tell us oh, where yeah. class where the class eighty nine is. Yeah. Uh, where is your favourite place to travel by train? Oh yeah, uh, Carrara in Scotland will always be a special place because it it became a high point of all the stations. But that that's turned into a, like a wider field. So yeah, that anywhere along that. West Hyden line. So get this get the sleeper that go that goes up the Fort William branch. You waking up uh, on a train and looking out the window and seeing seeing the Scottish Highlands is fairly unbeatable. So yeah, if money and time are no object, always the sleeper to Fort William. Okay. Jeff, you have been absolutely delightful. Thanks. Uh and, and as I mentioned, we could we could have this conversation all day. From majestic to delightful. Delightful, yeah. Delight- no, you've. I think you've dropped. You started majestic. You've. You've kind of. <laughs> majestic is still achievable for you, but you've dropped to delightful. Uh, I'm going to up my game towards you. Tried the end. To, you tried to question the question master, and that's that's I just a little not bit. On. Yeah, I know. I know. This, this is my nature because I'm a you know presenter, YouTuber, whatever. That's it's. it's, it's it comes you can't out. help I'm, it. I know. Sorry. Uh, where can our listeners find out more about your stuff? Plug now. Plug now. Yeah, think, right. To so just go to YouTube. This it's quite funny actually because I meet people on the street or on the station. They go, "How can I find you?" And I'm like, "If you just go to Google, like Google Jeff Trains, right? <laughs> then I'm usually the number one hit. But if you type Jeff Marshall or just Jeff Trains into into the Google YouTube search engine, my grinning face will pop up. I'm also at Jeff Tech on Twitter. Jeff, Jeff Train, Jeff Marshall, Jeffs, all Jeffs. Jeff, 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 Trains, Trains, Trains. Jeff, Jeff, Trains. <laughs> Good stuff. Jeff, thank you very much for coming on the show. And I hope you have a very festive Christmas. And a, and a, and a choo-choo festive time to you too, Sam. There we go. Well, we had a suspicion that Jeff would be a star of the show when we had him on. And if you've got any suggestions for people we should talk to, please do let us know by getting in touch via the We Are Rail Fans website or We Are Rail Fans Facebook page. And while you're there, don't forget to tell us about your favourite railway journeys that you've been on. And you never know, maybe you can feature in an upcoming show. We'll be back in 2022 with some more episodes as soon as the signal changes. So make sure you give We Are Rail fans a follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out. This has been a Listen Production. Thanks for travelling with us today, and if you wouldn't mind, please ensure you have all your belongings with you before you leave the show. And we'll catch up with you next time. Ho, 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 ho.